Welcome to the Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson, and today I've got a special guest with me, uh, Blue March's co-founder, John Thompson. How's it going, John? Good, Brick. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, you bet. Um, I wanted to have you uh, to talk about something you've been doing. You've been getting requests from some of our PE partners to go and talk to their teams, either their investment teams or their uh, portfolio company executives about the things that are happening in the data world um, and how we're approaching that at Blue Margin, but just mostly how to think about it generally. And I know you've been getting great reviews on those, and I know that you're lining up speaking engagements uh, next year because of the requests that are coming in. And I thought it would just be good for our audience to hear some of the things that you're talking about to educate them about. Yeah. Well, I uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah. So I am getting requests. We're getting requests to come and educate uh, portfolio management teams. They're bringing us into their summits. Um, and so it, it's a research-based sort of academic approach to what's the state of the art of data in the mid-market, uh, specifically talking about uh, disruptions in data technology and how it's a catalyst for growth right now. So that's what I've been speaking on. Um, we're seeing that urgency and desire to get up to speed on data technology increasing as we're seeing the developments and evolution of these technologies accelerating. Yeah. So my overarching message to folks, what I want them to walk away with, if nothing else, is that if their view on getting their company wired for data and being a data-driven business is even six months old, they're probably thinking mid-six-figure investment, uh, major uh, item to add to their already over full priority list, and a hassle takes a long time, six to 18 months to get there. And that has so radically shifted almost by an order of magnitude that I want folks to be aware so that they're not left holding the bag, getting run over by the train instead of being on it, because there is uh, quite a big shift here and, and some disruptive stuff coming along. Yeah, okay. So, so what are the main components of that shift? So the main components are on the technology side, what we have used traditionally at Blue Margin is the standard Kimball model in a data warehouse where you extract data, you transform the data, you load it into a data warehouse, you build reports. And what that requires is a lot of specification gathering and really looking into a crystal ball eight or 10 weeks out to figure out here's the reports we need. Here's exactly how users will use them. Here's the questions they'll have. Here's all the nuances. And that really is uh, an almost impossible task when it comes to enabling people with data. The reality of working in a data-driven environment is that it's evolutionary. It's, it's iterative as you go. Even here, where this is what we do for a living, when we put a new report out, immediately when it's in the wild, we're asking questions, we're needing new insights, we're evolving it. So that waterfall approach that has been the norm forever in data does not overlay well with a mid-market, nimble, fast growth company. And some of the new technologies around data lakes and data pipelines have made it so that we can get a company from zero to a data platform producing reports inside of four weeks instead of 10 or 12 or more weeks. That's the big shift I want them to see, and it's you know a fraction of the cost, whether it's with us or they do it internally. Yeah, it's amazing what we're seeing on the technology side. 
you know, the rise of data lakes and uh, data lake houses over the last three years or so, and then um, the ease with which uh, data pipelines can be stood up. You can actually load the data into a data lake quickly. I mean, if you've got the scripts built, you can do it in a day or two. Yeah. Um, you still have the building out of the semantic models and, uh, you know, the data models so that you can get at the data in a way that makes sense and build the reports. But uh, it's a great point you make about the iterative approach. It, it's something we really realized um, was a challenge with our projects at Blue Margin. Even though we were building specifically what a client asked for, um, very often we get to an end of a project and uh, the client wanted to just keep iterating. Um, and it wasn't the client's fault. It wasn't our fault. It's just the nature of once you put it in the wild, you start realizing what you really needed or it needs a tweak. And so uh, being able to do that sort of in a nimble way is is much better for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And then what I get into, uh, sort of the obvious piece is why why do this? What's the impact of of data capabilities in a mid-market business? The basic idea that I share there is that any complex system needs good instrumentation to run at top speed. And the analogy I like is the F1 car, the cockpit of which is arguably one of the most refined cockpits or dashboards that you can find on planet Earth. And it doesn't matter if you're Max Verstappen in a, in a Red Bull car. If you can't see the temperature of your tires and your oil pressure and how much your battery is charged for whatever that passing thing is, uh, you're not going to win the race. doesn't matter. When you look at a mid-market business in that's private equity backed, that is looking to turn a 3x or better profit inside of three to five years. That's the F1 of business models out there. I mean, that is that is running around the track with Max Verstappen. And most of those mid-market businesses, instead of that refined dashboard, have a smattering, mostly of Excel, but a lot of meetings, a lot of office drop-ins, a lot of emails, uh, a lot of ad hoc stuff, most of it retrospective, often reactive. And you can't run at top speed. You can get away with that when the rest of the market is doing it, but the market is shifting more and more to realizing that having clear visibility, being empowered with data to make information and to empower your team to distribute decision-making beyond the executive team, to engage employees and have them own their domain of the business and see how it contributes to the broader growth plan. That's where things are going. And so it's no longer good enough just to live on Excel. Uh, this is what we're, we're seeing is the greatest impact is how do you empower a company? And now you can do it much more quickly without derailing yourself. It's not an ERP implementation. It's a few hours, depending on who you're working with and how you're doing it. Um, and you can be up and running inside of a month. Yeah. And I think it's saying uh, when you mentioned ERP implementation, it made me realize uh, one of the one of the key benefits here for a company that's pursuing uh, buy and build is that they're bringing uh, new companies on. There's data in those companies. They'd love to get that on their instrumentation. Often the strategy is, hey, we'll uh, migrate that company over to NetSuite or whatever our ERP we're using is. Then we'll have it. And those migrations, uh, those implementations end up being put off or taking long. Uh, we, we've seen companies with the best intentions of doing that data integration, and it just never gets done in the whole yeah. hold period. Um, and now, because it's so much less expensive and easier to pull data, put it into the data lake uh, lake house, and then be able to report on it immediately, you can integrate it, at least your reporting, 
um, with the uh, the platform companies' systems so quickly um, and so much less expensively that it just is crazy not to do it, even if you are engaged in the migration. Get yep. the data there. Yeah, one of the key points that I make is that every company has some portion of a data team. They've got analysts. They've got FP&A consultants. They've got some SQL guys. They've got Excel masters and so on. And they are trying to develop a data-driven business to have a platform, uh, a data platform that really feeds the information automatically, real-time to all the folks in the business that need it. And the problem with that is it's not a complete picture. You need a data architect. You need a, a project manager who understands data projects. You need someone who's done it wrong a few times and been around been around the block. Um, and so we look at, in my presentation, what does it take to build that internal team? For the most stripped down team we can come up with that would be functional, we see it at about 350000 or better a year. If you can use the folks you have, but use an outsider, at that point, you can begin to indoctrinate folks internally more and more of what you want to cover as far as managing your whole data platform. There's probably some things that never make sense to have in-house, uh, and you can use uh, experts for that in, in piecemeal as you need it. So so some of the arguments, some of the momentum that we're seeing in the market towards this, uh, this growing emphasis and focus on data uh, one is, this really caught my eye. This is a 2023 McKinsey report, uh, a big survey of, of executives, and it looks at the primary risks and opportunities for CEOs currently. The top of the list you might think would be high inflation and economic downturn, because everyone loves to talk about that. And it seems to never end. Uh, it turns out the number one on the list is rise of disruptive digital technologies. And that could be a broad category of things. It could be all sorts of stuff, but the most practical, applicable, and at everyone's fingertips is their data. That's the foundation of using digital technology. If you don't have a platform for that <clears throat> to organize and manage your data and to have something to draw from, it's difficult to take advantage of these things. Yep. One of those is generative analytics, which I know you were just at the Ignite concert, concert, uh, conference yesterday and yep. day before yep. and uh you saw some some updates on some of that generative analytics can you share a little bit of well so the generative ai stuff uh broadly microsoft is just all in um the ignite conference which is sort of their mid-year check-in after the built conference six months ago um really uh dealt with data and co-pilots which is what they're calling their ai agents and um, it's clear that they're, uh, this is where their whole company is focused. They're building hardware now. They're building chips. They're building out data centers to be able to service customers with AI. They're building AI or co-pilots into all of their products, uh, including their data products. So to help with things like um, building good semantic models. So one of the challenges you have when you have a set of data and you want an AI to uh, give you answers out of it, natural language queries to the AI, and then it gives you some kind of smart answer back after it looks at the data, is that it needs to understand your data. And so you have to have a semantic layer that defines synonyms for the, the columns and defines uh, KPIs and, and measures as your company defines them, not as some you know, website defines them. Those co-pilots will be helping engineers to be able to set that up well. And then um, the Power BI co-pilot, which uh, Microsoft 
showed a demo of in May, uh, is clearly something they're still working on. Um, I saw a new video of that system working uh, at one of the talks yesterday. Um, and actually, I was kind of glad to see this, this particular video was less slick than the one I saw in May, which made me feel like, okay, this is real and is happening. Um, and they're talking about rolling out some of these uh, Power BI co-pilots to certain customers now in Freeview, um, hopefully to most customers by the end of the first quarter is what they're projecting. So it's going to be really important, in my opinion, and, and also, you know, the, the folks at Microsoft, that your data is in order so that you can take advantage of this stuff, so that your co-pilots can do smart machine learning and can give you good uh, analytics and feedback based on natural language query from regular business folks, not from data analysts. Yeah, I've been uh, showing 90 seconds of that demo uh, in the talks I've been giving to catch a breath, but also uh, to show folks the impact of really good data capability, because I think it's hard to relate to. You think, well, we've got the data, we have a spreadsheet, I can get to it, and we hear that sometimes. And until you put a dashboard in front of them that really maps to how they gain awareness about their area of the business and do an analysis of why it's going well or not and have the detail to take action on those things, it's hard for them to mentally translate from, I've got the data in a spreadsheet to how would a dashboard really make a big difference? If you can get those things done where you can ask the questions that you need answers to, you put the right information in front of the right people, you're doing it via dashboards and at some point here via natural language career that generates whatever report you want. Some of the other stats that I share on the impact of that uh, from McKinsey, 19 times more likely to be profitable than competitors when speaking about data-driven companies. Uh, similar for Aberdeen Group, 10% revenue increase among data-driven companies versus not. That begs the question, what's a data-driven company? We could have another podcast on that. Uh, MIT Sloan School of Management, 6% productivity increase for data-driven companies. And then Gartner, up to 25% of an organization's value can be attributed to data. Mm. I know we see through data-tinted lenses, but there's no getting around that I've found the argument that if you're running something complex, you need good feedback on how, I don't care if it's a football team. And again, if it's a mid-market buy and build, you're bringing on new business units, new data sources, new functions, and you can't see it. You and I experienced being in front of a five company roll up way back when, when we were PE backed. Uh, it's chaos if you don't have the data. Okay. Well, what else do you want to say about uh, these uh, presentations you've been doing that might be yeah, that, that covers it pretty well. If anyone's interested in having me speak, I am booking next year. I'm going to do about one a month. I've got a couple of those slots filled. If they'd like to speak with other PE firms that I've shared with their uh, portfolio executive teams, um, get response from them. We're getting really good feedback. Uh, people are finding this to be uh, insightful and also actionable. It's not you know theories about macroeconomics. It's how do I, in a month turn the dial on how informed my people are and how well they can make decisions and how coordinated we are as an organization. And not only that, but how do we position ourselves to, to have a distinct differentiator exit so we can show mastery of the business by the numbers, we can show tech and data enablement. Um, if you'd like to hear from some folks where we've shared and, and how that's gone for them, I'm happy to connect you. And if you want to reach out to me, John, J-O-N at Blue Margin, um, we can talk about it if it works for me to present. And I think that's it. All right. Yeah. Well, great sitting down with you. Thanks. Thanks, Brett. Thank you.